welcome one, welcome all to another developer interview here on the Xbox Expansion Pass. Today, I am joined by Alexander Auerman and Maxim Philip to discuss the release of their action-adventure title, Stray Lights. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. Alex, Maxim, thank you both for joining me today. Well, thank you for the invite. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about uh, Stray Lights, but first I want to hear a bit about Embers. This is your first game, is that correct? Yes, exactly. It's our first game, and uh, yeah, the, the company launched um, on 2020, and uh, we are a small team of nine people only. Mm -hmm. Nine people only based out of where? Uh, we are based in uh, Strasbourg in France, so mm -hmm. it's in the northeast of France. You started your team in 2020. That's pandemic time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. we started just before the pandemic, and uh, the team actually started in uh, remote. So, yeah, it was not the easiest way, but, uh, yeah, we dealt with it. <laughs> you dealt with it. So, so you guys were a remote team already, or you had to make changes? No, we are a team of four co-founders that well we know each other really well for from mobile industry and we wanted to switch to bigger games and go into the pc and console market and mm -hmm. for this we grew and we had five people join us at the same time which was exactly the start of pandemic so with them we had to start remotely we already had our studio but we had to wait before we could enter it Mm -hmm. And we could finally work together locally and physically a few months after that. Yeah, during the summer of 2020. Okay, man. So certainly not the easiest time to start a studio, to start making a game. Is that when Stray Lights truly began its development? Was was when no. you guys started up? No, it, no, no. it actually began before that in uh, 2019. Uh, it was an idea that we had... Uh, us four founders and uh we already started writing on it and yeah. uh, making prototypes and uh yeah but it was still really early just finding the what we wanted for the core mechanic and a bit about the universe or the message we wanted to have mm -hmm. and we started doing the heavy work when the team joined and we could do full fleshed out prototypes and start the production then Gotcha. Now, Alex, you said mobile industry earlier, and you made the transition. Yeah. Uh, how long did you guys worked in mobile games? Well, quite a few years. Um, one of us is one of the founders of Voodoo, which is a mobile company for hyper-casual games, a really big company now. Mm -hmm. And us four, we were the first studio of this company that was based in Strasbourg also, mm -hmm. but that now grew to a lot of cities throughout the world and has more than 200 people. But at the very beginning, there were only a few. And we'll, we were mainly creating a ton of really little games for mobile. And one day we decided we wanted to do something else. And so we met up again, again a bit later, mm -hmm. once we all left and we started this company to make games that resemble more what we usually play. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, uh, that's kind of cool to look at the origins of kind of like where you guys are, are coming from to where you're going. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite questions to ask developers, even though I can read descriptions and watch trailers, 
but I love asking for you all to describe your own game. So how would you describe Strayed Lights? Um, I think we can go at it with its core aspects, but it is mainly an action-adventure, which focuses quite heavily on its atmosphere and immersive experience. So one aspect that was really important for us was the flow of combat. Mm -hmm. And we went at it with a meticulous fight that is more about parrying and being precise, mm -hmm. but still quite easy to grasp. We have in reference games like Sekiro or Sifu that are difficult, hard mm -hmm. to enter, but we wanted to have the easy to learn how to master approach for it. So we can give this feeling that we love of overcoming a hard challenge, hardship, but still make it accessible to a broader audience. And on top of it, we complemented with more exploration mechanics or a narrative and a, a world to discover and feel. And so it's really a mix of being in the moment, really the action and stripping down most of the UI in the complex systems, and also having a unique and memorable, memorable experience about emotions and, and a, a character that is growing throughout the game. That character is a being of light that is moving to provide balance throughout its world. Is that correct? Um, in its world, but also in itself. It's really an entire journey of a being from well, being innocent discovering the world and being stripped of some of this innocence and having to find balance again. But in doing so, you meet other characters that you can help also. Yeah, in, in this game, you are not uh, like a chosen one that has to restore balance for everyone and uh, save the world, you know. Uh, you will meet other people like you that are also seeking uh, balance for their um, inner transcendence, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're not a special hero character in the context of the world, like as the yeah. as the player we're, we're yeah. playing the hero, but just an exactly. average being, as it were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is, Alex, in our short interview already, you've referenced the message of the game several yes. times. Uh, let's, let's talk about that then. Uh, trying to find balance inside and out. There's a philosophical approach in that. Yeah, it's an approach that can be compared to Buddhism, for example, of finding the balance in things. And it reflects a lot uh, in the enemies that you can find throughout the game. Um, most of them, well, for the bosses at least, they are people just like you, but they became submerged by an emotion that went too far and that deformed them. And so your goal is more about helping them for a portion of their journey, soothing them so they can get back to a normal appearance and then they can resume their own journey and you can resume your own. And in doing so, the, the, re, the resilience that you have to develop to go through those events makes you grow also. Is there a core inspiration or reason why you guys wanted to take that philosophical route? It's more an approach that we try to have in life and that is dear to us and that we can also find in games that we really love and that we took inspiration from. Mm -hmm. uh, games like Journey, for example, or games where 
they took the same question but interpreted it in another way, like Shadow of the Colossus, when you see when you are going too far in a, sort of a wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like we, emotional. We had a trade of games for the inspirations behind Straight Lights, and they were well secure for the parry mechanic, but more accessible. Mm-hmm. And Journey for the immersive experience and part of the message, and Shadow of the Colossus mainly for the sense of scale, mm-hmm. the gigantism, and being a small light against huge entities. I, in watching the trailers and in hearing some of the previous coverage and research for the interview, uh, you see that small being of light battling entities that are gigantic in some moments, and they look incredible. These monsters are essentially your boss fights, is that correct? Uh, yes, the gigantic creatures are the bosses that you will face. And uh, in the trailers, you can also see some smaller enemies that represent your inner demon that come to life. Was that your job, Maxime, to take the kind of creative director's uh, vision and kind of execute on that by creating certain types of enemies, or am I off on that? Uh, We worked together for this. Uh, my role was more to manage the team and, uh, you know, set up the plannings and stuff and make sure that we, that we can actually make this game a real thing and not only good ideas written on the, <laughs> some boards uh, online. <laughs> what does that mean in your day-to-day? Like, what is it that you're doing, not just to have those things on the boards, but to make that execute in-game? Uh, yes, it means like uh, breaking down uh, this stuff into tasks that will be executed by the team, and then um, uh, you know give uh, insight to the team to orient them and uh, make sure that what they are creating are, is really serving the game, and uh, that we are always moving in the right direction. Gotcha. Now, this is an action adventure title which uh, is described as having very fluid combat that is kind of easy to approach, difficult to master. Yeah. Briefly touched on this, but I wonder if you could elaborate on how you guys accomplish that. Yeah. Well, the main mechanic is about parrying, but there is an entire combat system. So you also have access to attacks and abilities, but what we really focused on is to make it accessible. So if you take other games that are parry-based, often it is around having a really short window that you yeah. have to do an input in. And if you're off, you're often heavily punished. Mm-hmm. But for us, as we wanted to encourage the player to test it and to improve, we go quite easy at him. So if you are off for your timing, you still parry, but you don't get a lot from it. Because what Mm -hmm. we do is we have an energy that you have to increase throughout the fights. And once this energy is full, you can finish the fight. So all the actions that you do go towards this energy meter. And so what we do is if you parry really precisely, you get a lot of energy. And if you are off, you get a lot less. Mm -hmm. So we can play with the energy rather than just punishing you or making you lose life. And Mm -hmm. we also makes the parry with a color system, which mm-hmm. is quite unique to this combat. So you can switch between two colors, blue and orange. And mm-hmm. so can everyone in the game. 
And if you want to parry, you have to match the color of your enemy. So this adds to the sense of flow and the dancing combat with your enemies. You have to match, keep in sync, and do action at, uh, actions at the right time. And as it is not that punishing, you can try stuff, try to find the timing, and really go into the action. And then the better you get at it, the more you are rewarded and the better it feels. In order to create a fluid combat that is more forgiving, because I'm someone who, I'm not very good at video games, despite loving them, and I could not get to the second boss of Sekiro. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So how did you guys decide and settle on the right amount of difficulty to still let your game be approachable? We really did a lot of playtesting right from the start of the game. And uh, throughout uh, each milestone, you know, we had some players going in the studio, uh, playing the game, making sure that it's not too difficult or too easy. So, yeah, we we found the right balance by doing so. And, uh, yeah, playtesting play a lot. And, uh, yeah, it was yeah. important for us to not have a game that has difficulty settings. Mm-hmm. Because as it is a game that is based on timing. Uh, If you want to change the difficulty, you cannot just change numbers and you have to recreate entire animation sets. And it was impossible for our team. And also for us, a good part of overcoming a challenge is having a set challenge for everyone. But still, we wanted to make this game mid-core and have a lot of people be able to finish it. So Mm. we did just like Maxim said, we had a lot of people come in and test the game. Uh, even during production, we were about 200, 300 people testing the game. Wow. And with this, we have a good sense of what can be tailored to be mid-core. And also, we have abilities in the game. And those mm-hmm. abilities have different profiles. So we made sure most main profiles of gamers could find what they want. And if they want, with our abilities, they can make the game easier or make the game more complex with more systems. So in a way, you can tune the difficulty with the progression of your character. Yeah, you can you can be more aggressive or more defensive as you prefer to play. This is, are you referencing like the skill tree, like the unlock yeah. system? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I saw that skill tree in uh, like preview coverage and it looks awesome. Uh, tuning that has to be difficult. Uh, does that come also from the play testing or, or are there set abilities that you're like, no, I want this to be in there no matter what? It's more about thinking about the profiles that you can find in your gamers. And it was not that difficult. The main difficulty was making sure that most profiles can find what they want and can tailor their experience. But then the balancing is quite easy. You just have people play the game and you adjust the numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the metrics or the statistics behind do the work. Uh, it's more thinking a lot before making sure everyone has what suits them, and then it goes. Yeah, w- once you have the ideas, it's just math and uh, playtesting. So, yeah, I see. Okay, that makes sense, uh, gentlemen. The first time that I saw a trailer for Strayed Lights, I was absolutely taken aback. Uh, it, the game oozes style and has a brilliant array of, of colors and contrasting lighting. Uh, Alex, you referenced uh, kind of the two enemy colors and also your character colors that you need to match for parrying. But 
you make use of of lighting as a combat system and to me that is super cool it's reminiscent in part and maybe i'm i'm off base here of games like ori or even there was an old 360 title called outland where you did something similar of matching colors and whatnot yeah am i on track in thinking of those games yes and no the core inspiration for the corridor mechanic was uh, ikaruga an old game which oh, wow. is a to shoot them up yeah yeah, in which you can switch color and absorb your opponent's projectiles, and uh, then use it as powers. Um, so the yeah, the gameplay actually comes from Sekiro and Ikaruga. These two games mixed together in a combat system, and uh, so with this um, with this constraint in mind, we had to find the art direction that keeps the gameplay always clear at all times. So that's why we have this lighting and these very contrasted colors. Uh, we have to add the character standout in the environment. So games like Ori, for example, were not some inspiration at first, but it became during the development. So I see. It's more that you finish with a result that is kind of similar, but mm -hmm. the main idea was to just in the blink of an eye, you can see your colors at all times. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you want to have them stand out, you have to create a darker world around it. And this by itself created the characters with light as a core component of their body. And mm -hmm. as we love games that do not rely too much on UI or complex systems, uh, we wanted to make it diegetic so that it is in the world. And so their color switching mechanic is really their body. Mm -hmm. And in, with it being its body, you have it in, in the center of your screen at all times. And with this strong light, well, yeah, the contrast creates itself. You make a darker world around so you can see light at all times. Mm -hmm. And it also helped us for the message that we have that is often through hardship and difficult moments. So having this dark world and ambience helps it a lot also. We've talked a lot about the philosophy and the combat, but I wonder if we might talk about that world around the player. You know, you, you started touching on it a bit, having elements of it that appear darker in some places, but it's a dreamlike world that is, it's got some brilliant luminescence and brilliant lighting. And what was your vision for kind of the world that the player inhabits? Um, we often use the adjective oniric for it because if we compare it to our world, uh, most of its luminescence and ethereal components are not found in our world, but for this world, it is very real. Um, and this light here was mainly used for the gameplay, but then for the world, there is something quite special to this game is that we have a narrative that is told without words so we had to use everything else at our disposal. And a really strong way to do this is through environmental storytelling. So the way we build the levels, the lights, the places that you go through help us uh, convey this, that meaning of journey and growing. And so we have different biomes that you will discover throughout the game, really different from each other. And some of what you saw in the trailer or that you can play in the demo is just a little part of it. 
but uh, some are more oniric than others. Some are more related to ruins, other forests, the canyon. There is a lot of stuff to see. There is an award-winning composer that you're working with, and one of our, our patrons wrote in talking about the trailer seeming to make great sense of the use of music yep. and how emotions are captured in sound as well. Could you talk a little bit about your sound design? Uh, well, same. If you don't have words, you have to use everything else. And a core component of this is the music. And having to tell a story about emotions, well, the, one of the first things that's come to mind is music. We tell so much emotions through music. So we already loved Austin and its work mm -hmm. for years. We cited Journey, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and what we did is at the start of the production, we contacted him, contacted him directly, mm -hmm. presented him the game, and he was actually really interested. So we started talking about it, and the collaboration began by itself. And he joined production, and we had room throughout the three years during well the, the time that we had to make this game to talk a lot about it, find ways to convey those emotions uh, in atypical ways. So he could have room to explore new ways to create music and to represent those music, those emotions around the buses. And we had a lot of fun in doing so, and it helped us also for the gameplay because we could go back and forth and send ideas. And then at a later time, really doing the production, having the orchestra Reco recordings and finishing the product, mm -hmm. but we could experiment a lot. And for something that doesn't use words, it really helps to have him in the team and to consolidate all those ideas. Uh, for listeners, anyone that's unaware, Austin Wintery, BAFTA award-winning uh, composer, Journey, Abzu, Banner Saga, and now Strayed Lights, uh, yeah. which which is just really really cool and how did you guys connect with him simple email simple it was that easy yeah that is easy. yes and no simple email and we had the chance that he replied directly and then we did a call with our producer uh, one of the co-founders mm -hmm. and myself with him to present the game present the team why we were interested in his work and mm -hmm what opportunity we could create for him to, to create new stuff, to create a new approach to his work. That's interesting. Very cool. It's funny how some things can be so simple and yeah. others that much more complex. <laughs> Do you guys have any, uh, any one thing that, that we haven't talked about that you would hope gamers know about Strayed Lights? Hmm. hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, because th there's a lot to to discover by by yourself. You know, uh, Stray Lights is a game that you have to experience and not to be told about. So, yeah. What we encourage you to do is to try the demo that is available, so that you can have an idea of the game. We release in not so long, on the twenty fifth of this month. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as Max said. The, um, one of the core aspects of the game we want to create is create a unique experience that you will remember. So we 
try to never repeat content in our game and handcraft all that is in it and take a lot of attention to the details and how we craft the, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay and remove every system that could break immersion. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you guys are, you are on the eve of launch at the time of this recording. We're going to put this out yeah. right around then. Uh, you're coming to a lot of platforms. You're on PC, multiple PC stores, GOG, Epic, Steam, uh, Xbox One, Series SX, PlayStations 4 and 5, and Switch. You guys are yeah. hitting everything. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we really wanted to bring this game to the to the broadest audience possible. Was that difficult to get onto one platform more than another? Is it is it easy once the game's built to port it? Talk to me about that. Um, actually, we worked uh, with a porting partner for this. Uh, we made the PC version, by, but still thinking about the fact that we will need to port later on. Mm -hmm. uh, but we worked with a porting studio with this, uh, which is Pingo Studio. Uh, and, uh, yeah, of course, some platforms are less powerful than others. For example, Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. So you have to adapt some visual effects, some, uh, sounds. Uh, you have to, yeah, optimize a lot of stuff to have it running. But mm -hmm. in the end, it, it actually worked pretty well. So mm -hmm. we're happy about it. And also it allows us to stay at a small number in our team and we can really focus on having a creative team. And mm -hmm. we do the game and the easiest version for it is PC. And once it's done, it's done. Yeah, we work with other people to have the technical side of it. And therefore we have a team that is mainly artists. We only had two developers for this production and everything else is about creating the game field, the world, the, the mechanics, uh, everything around it. And keeping a hard focus on being a creative team, we have room to do all of this stuff with a small amount of people in a few years. And that's why we work with some agencies to do the rest. Yeah, and of course, we work together to make sure that each version of the game is perfectly tailored for the, you know, for the console. For example, on PlayStation, you have the controller with the light bar, the speaker in it, the vibrations and stuff. So mm -hmm. we work together to make sure that it yeah. works for this. Same for Xbox, for Switch. Yeah. Now, we're recording before release, but we'll put this out right around. I'm curious, as our, as our kind of closing question here, are you guys nervous, excited, anxious? Or how do you feel? Uh, from speaking for myself, I'm mostly excited. I can't wait actually to give this game to player. Uh, you know, we've been working on it for three years and, uh, for a long time without even being able to show the world what we were building. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now I'm very excited and I can't wait for the game to be released. Uh, yeah. And for myself, I'm already so happy with the game that we created and also it is less shown to the public, but the team that we now have that is really cohesive and want to create more games, that's already a huge win for me. And now having the game released to the world and getting feedback on it is the bonus. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, guys, congratulations. I'm excited for your launch. Uh, I hope everything goes swimmingly. 
and whatever comes in the future, I hope it's it's good things. So thank, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.